Hey everybody, on today's Locked On Bama, we're going to talk a lot about the scrimmage that we had this past weekend. I hope you heard about it. Jimmy and I are ready to talk about it, and we hope you're ready to listen. Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Just dancing to our catchy song. We do have many, a catchy song. How many people know you wrote that? I did. I, I'm like the John Tesh of the Locked On Network. Um, you know, for those who don't know, he wrote the uh, NBA theme song for NBC that was so catchy. Um, anyway, Jimmy, Alabama, the University of, had a scrimmage in American football this past Saturday. And uh, man, there's a lot to talk about. Look, um, later on, I'm hoping to do just a quick uh, one segment deal with Zach Blackerby of Locked On Auburn to talk about awesome. Auburn's scrimmage, by the way, little spoiler or not spoiler preview, whatever. I don't know. Um, anywho, um, w- there are a lot of reports coming out about this scrimmage. Obviously, some people who were there are a little bit more tight lipped, but uh, we've been able to read some of the reports and um there were some very encouraging things and we're going to treat this management style and we're going to talk about the encouraging things first. So I'll let you go first. Yeah, sure. There were some good reports from uh, insiders. Uh, you know, uh, Tony Sukalas at uh, Bama Central had a good report from sources at the scrimmage. Rodney Orr on Tyler Insider had a good report on sources from the scrimmage. Clint Lamb on On3 did the same. Uh you know, there's a few takeaways. Obviously, there was a few wide receiver drops, but let's talk about the uh, the positives. Um, I think, hey, hey, it starts with this. Last year at these scrimmages, the spring and fall, the offensive line just could not get the defense blocked. And as we saw at the time, I think Alabama fans were just hopeful that, uh, wow, the defense is so good and Will is so good. I mean, who, who, who could expect to ever block these guys? And that was somewhat true. But I think as the season played out, we saw that the spring and fall scrimmages were actually a tell of what was to come. And that was that the offensive line was just going to be a bit of a struggle. Uh, this year so far, it does look like the offensive line, despite missing guys, you know, Galcourt's out. Ekior is out. So two of the best six uh, are, are absent. Uh, James Brockermeyer also out, uh, you know, and some other guys banged up. Uh, so, so it's not the full offensive line, and they still have to block Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, and Chris Braswell. I'll tell you what, uh, I, I think I think the offensive line as a whole, and I mean every player in the room, has improved, and that's helped. And uh, I, I think that's the biggest positive, is that the biggest weakness on the team, which is still a focal point and isn't as good as it needs to be, but it's better than it was a year ago, even with two of the best six missing. Wow. I'm first of all, I'm ecstatic. That's the first place you go in terms yep. of the offensive line being the big deal. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. And, you know, even if the offensive line had, had performed poorly, I think you do have to take into account you're going up against uh, Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, Braswell. I mean, you're going up against dudes 
on the defensive right. line, which you won't be going up against every single day. You'll go up against some other guys who are pretty good in the SEC because that's, the SEC is loaded with them. You're not going to go up against another Will Anderson. No, that's right. And uh, and look, Dallas Turner is such a good player. I mean, I don't think we talk about it enough, and we talk about it all the time. But Dallas is – see, it's Will is one of the best that's ever played at Alabama. Where he ranks, we can we can have fun discussing that all, all spring and summer until the games start where Will ranks among the greatest players to ever play at Alabama. That, that's fun. But it also – you lose Dallas Turner when you talk about that. I mean, if it wasn't for Will, this would be the summer of talking about how good Dallas Turner is. And uh, the fact that they get to be on the field at the same time uh, is so much fun. You can't double-team them both. Uh, you just know if they stay healthy, they're going to set all sorts of, of, of records uh, with sack numbers and just constant play disruption because they're not just pass rushers. Dallas and Will are just really disruptive players against the run as well. Okay, so I want to – we'll talk more positive uh, in the third segment. We're going to talk uh, some of the negative stuff in the second segment. But before we get to that second segment, I do want to say – that a guy that I love a lot and that I've been waiting to explode onto the scene um, is Christian Story. He had apparently two interceptions and had a third that he should have had. It, it, he either dropped it and that's why he's a safety and not a wide receiver. But um, I'm excited for him. He plays second team right now. Um, I don't think necessarily that will change, but I am a Christian Story fanatic. I'm a Christian Story fan to the hundredth degree. I've been dying for him to get on the field. I've been dying for him uh, to get out there and be some kind of leader because I think he can be. I got to call him in a state championship game. Therefore, I'm naturally biased. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited about Christian's story. And have you heard anything that that makes me uh, makes you think I'm crazy for being so excited? No, no, I'm, I'm excited as well. This is what I would say about that is Alabama could easily lose not just the both the starting safeties from this upcoming team this fall, but the third one as well in Brian Branch, who plays star in the games. But when they're in regular and they all break into their position groups, Brian Branch is a safety with the safety group. He's coached by Charles Kelly in the safety group. Uh, and there is a very good chance, I think, that Brian Branch is going to go pro after the season. Uh, so will Jordan Battle and DeMarco Helms. What I like so much about how good Christian story is, I know we're not going to see much of him this fall. We can't. The positions are taken. There's no room at the end. There's no spot for Christian story to play other than some special teams units, but myself, I, I will consider Christian story, basically a returning starter. I, I, I will have 100% confidence next year in Christian story as a starting safety. And I will consider that we have two vacancies at safety, uh, not three uh, with a uh, battle Helms and branch. I'll leave and uh, story is going to lock down battle spot or, or Helm spot, and frankly, more likely battle spot because he'll be a good uh, traffic cop back there with his uh, age and mature and age and maturity. In an effort to appease the naysayers, we will talk some negative stuff from the scrimmage in this second segment. But right now I want to tell you about Built Bar. This is the time of year where you, you've already been up on your New Year's resolution, um, uh, March resolution, you've given up on that. But you know, you can start over. It's not too late. Go to built.com. Use promo code built, excuse me, locked 15, promo code locked 15. Get 15% off your order of these built bars. They're fantastic. They're covered in chocolate. I'm telling you, you will love them. You need to try the puffs. They're the first ever, first ever, Jimmy, protein infused marshmallow. 
protein infused marshmallow. I mean, my goodness, who even thinks of this stuff? They're awesome. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in flavors like cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, um, banana cream pie. All these are so, so good. Built Bars are all covered in 100% chocolate. Yes, including the puffs. I know you're about to ask that. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off that order. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. All right, Jimmy. Um, some negativity of, first of all, the one thing that uh, sounds like it happened was some continued drops from the receivers. Um, have you heard anything about that? And if so, do you mind telling us who actually was doing most of the, who was the dropee? <laughs> well, Coach Saban himself referenced uh, in the press conference that there was a lot of drops. And what's unfortunate about that is, Look, it's it. We, we talked about it all off season. As soon as the season was over, and the run up spring practice, we're like, okay, what what positions are we worried about? Where do we need to get better? Uh, and the question is the offensive line and wide receiver. And next thing you know, we're hearing even or two uh, that there's a lot of drops. Um, obviously, they'd be from the players that play the most. I mean, the guys that that, that, that participate the most in the scrimmage are the first team guys. Uh, followed by the second team guys. And these are the guys that, that, that will be out there this fall. So that's bad. It's not good. But it's also, you know, the season isn't here. Uh, drops can, can get a little contagious. Not every drop is the same. I, I, I myself, I, I don't think that this fall we're going to be talking about, gosh, this unit's terrible because they dropped too many balls. I don't think it'll be that. I, I, I still think the first team, this fall, I mean, in terms of the three guys that are going to be out there the most will be Jermaine Burton, who has very good hands and is a possession guy. First and foremost, Jojo Earl, who's going to be in the slot. He's a playmaker. He has great ball skills. Uh, will he drop a ball or two? Probably. Probably that's that's normal. Um, and then Ja'Cory Brooks, who's not even out there this spring. Uh, he showed, I thought, really good hands last fall when we saw him play. So I think those will be the three main guys. I don't really think drops will be a huge focus, but but no doubt it, it has to be disconcerting when we know that if not the offensive line, then the wide receiver group is what everybody's looking at, hoping hoping it gets better. And um, you know that that was really it, though, in terms of negativity I, that I've heard um, I, and that I've read, I should say. I have not seen anything else other than the there were some drops. Um, now. There was a 97-yard touchdown, which if you want to look at that in a negative light on the defense, so be it. We'll talk about that in the third segment. But have you heard anything else that made you say, oh, my gosh, this is a huge concern? There were lots of interceptions. Oh, okay. uh, there were lots. But, you know, Coach Saban, I'm, again, I'm going by Coach Saban's comments. Uh, he said, you know, many were on tip balls, not, not necessarily its fault uh, when there's a tip ball uh, or, or something happens or a wide receiver. Uh, the ball hits a wide receiver in the hands, and then the wide receiver's fumbling around. It gets taken from him. Uh, that's not the quarterback's fault. Uh, further, even if Bryce threw two or three interceptions yesterday, does that mean that we're supposed to go, oh, no, oh, no, Bryce forgot how to play? No, I mean, it's it's just a day. It's just practice. No reason to read a lot into it. Uh, I, I remain extremely excited about Jalen Milrow and, uh, and his future. Uh, now, obviously, this fall, we're not going to see much of him. It will just be the backup. 
uh, and I don't think we're going to play the backup any differently than we have uh, in, in most of the Saban uh, era. So we won't see a whole lot of Jalen Milrow throwing a ball this fall, but I'm, I'm really excited about how good he'll be, and we all know we'll need a new quarterback in 2023 because Bryce is going to be projected so high in the draft. It would be foolish for him to return to school. Uh, you know, the 2023 will be breaking in a new quarterback, and, and uh, while I doubt per the way it's always worked under Saban, Luke, that we'll know until – we literally are about to receive the ball in 2023 who the quarterback will be. That's sort of how Saban's done in the past. Uh, if it's someone better than Milrow, oh, my goodness. I, I will truly be excited then. Okay, let me ask this. Milrow or Ty Simpson, who looked better to, that you heard? Well, I mean, based on the reports that were out there, Milrow, because – it's obvious from all the reports out there, Milrow was the number two quarterback. I mean, they didn't even really split that much time. I mean, right. it, you know, Milrow is reported to be the number two quarterback by by everybody. So Milrow's ahead of Ty. No one should be surprised. Yesterday, I think, was the uh, the tw- 11th or 12th practice of the spring. So Ty Simpson's had 11 or 12 practices. Milrow's been for a year. So no one should read into it in a sense that's like, oh, no, I thought Ty was going to be good. If, if, if that's your take, that's just not re- realistic. Ty's got to catch Milrow. Milrow's going to be hard to catch because he's just freakish athletically. All right, Jimmy, when we come back, I want to talk about some of the newcomers, uh, both transfers and um, some of the freshmen. So we'll talk about that right after I tell you about betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs in the NBA and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions betonline.net that's where the game starts right there at bet online all right jimmy um jermaine burton as i mentioned uh and bryce young apparently hooked up for a 97 yard td uh that's pretty badass i mean i would love to see that um gosh what's trivia all right amari cooper has the longest touchdown in alabama history in that infamous uh 2013 game um, isn't it wild to think in that game in 2013 Iron Bowl that Amari Cooper had a 99-yard touchdown, and it's also the same game with the kick six? I mean, what are the odds? Um, but anyway, so and then Alabama the lobby to get time put on the clock so that yeah. the kick six could happen. Yeah, agreed. That- now, um, okay, so a trivia really quickly: what's the longest non-kickoff, non-special teams touchdown? non-defensive touchdown since then? Um, I don't know the answer. I know what it is. It's that Bryce used to Jamison Williams against Miami. They were, oh, they true. Were, 94 yards. Yeah, 94. They were in, yeah, they were inside or right around the five-yard line. It was 94 uh, yards. Wow. I remember. Yeah. Well, okay. um, Burton is going to be hey, – look, Burton's going to be wide receiver one. We said it from the day he, he transferred to Alabama. I know that some people that – just look at nothing but Burton's statistics, get alarmed by that. But different offense, different quarterback, different situation. What I look at is Burton's experience, his size, his skill set, 
and the fact that he's going to be playing with the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback in an offense that throws a ball around, and he's going to be the number one target. I think Burton's going to have a huge year, and I think, Luke, there will be a lot of comparisons to Jamison Williams in the fall. And and, and, and it's they, their skill sets don't line up perfectly. He's not a Williams clone. In fact, his game is really more like Mechie's than it is Jamison's. But we'll hear that comparison because they're transferred. They transferred from another power program. They weren't wide receiver one where they were. They weren't the first option where they were. And they transferred to Alabama, became wide receiver one in Tuscaloosa, and then burst onto the national scene. That's what's going to happen with Jermaine Burton. And, and, and for that reason, we'll be hearing those Jamison Williams comparisons all fall, even though their games are a little different. Uh, Burton's a really, really good player. Uh, I, I think we're going to see a, an all-SEC type season out of him. Yeah, I think we could do. And sometimes people just need a change of venue. I mean, look, Jameer Gibbs was going to be good no matter where the hell he went, and he was already good at Georgia Tech. No, Burton was fine at Georgia. He wouldn't – but, I mean, he also probably just needed – a redo. And um, now he's got a quarterback that's a little bit more dynamic and um, an offense that's more suited to his skill set. And I think he's going to have a big year, just like you said. Uh, how about any of the, the freshman receivers? Uh, I hadn't heard too much freshman receivers making big plays yesterday. We did last week. Last week, we heard Aaron Anderson had the big play against the first team defense. Uh, Anderson, a law, uh, you know, I, I don't think they're playing, you know, with the first team uh, still trying to move their way up. Uh, but there's every reason in the world to be excited about both of those guys. And, and you know, guys coming in in the, in the, in the summer, uh, you know, it was a photo we saw over in the past week of Shaz Preston working out with Devontae Smith. And it's just a good reminder of how good Shaz Preston is. You know, when we signed all these guys out of high school, I was kind of picking Preston as the one that would be the guy that made the quickest impact among the freshman uh, receiving group. He's not even there yet. And I said that because of his size. And uh, he's just a very polished player. Now that we see him working out, training with Devontae Smith, uh, that's a reminder to me of what I thought about Shaz, which is here's a real polished kid who knows how to play before he even gets here. And uh, so hey, I, I wouldn't focus just on the freshman Aaron Anderson and Kendrick Law who are on the team now. Uh, I think Shaz Preston coming in and even Isaiah Bond, uh, who's, who's going to have one distinct advantage over everyone in the wide receiver room. He's the fastest one in it the day shows up faster than even Aaron Anderson. So Isaiah Bond could make a splash this summer. And of course we've always been, uh, or I've always been projecting that Chaz Preston might as well. All right. Gibbs apparently had a nice day. I, I saw some highlights from the scrimmage where he juked yeah. somebody out clip? of the shoot. You see the clip of him uh, juking uh, Kendrick Blackshire? Was it Blackshire? Okay. And now in, in Gibbs defense, if Kendrick Blackshire is coming after you, your body natural defenses kick in and go, I've got to make the best juke of my life or this man will eat me. So um, he, he did juke him out of his shoes. Um, I would not like tease him about doing that. <laughs> um, but uh, so Gibbs looks great. We all knew that there's no sense in even bragging on Gibbs at this point. Cause I, I can tell you right now, Gibbs is going to be up for the Doak Walker award. I'm saying it, I'm stamping it barring injury. He's in the Doak Walker conversation. Um, Yep. I, I think that clip, I, I'd encourage everybody to look at it. It's on the uh, the clips from the scrimmage that the athletic department, that the fo Alabama football put out uh, a minute and a half of highlight clips to music uh, from the scrimmage yesterday. And, and, it, and it did feature uh, Gibbs making Kendrick Blackshire miss and just a jaw-dropping move that shows his short 
area quickness. And for all the people like, gosh, I wish I could see the scrimmage. Just watch, just watch, watch that clip. And you've seen Jameer Gibbs that that's exactly who he is. And that's what he's going to do every week. His short area quickness is well beyond what we are used to seeing at the running back position, Alabama. We've had physical move the chains guys like Brian Robinson and Najee Harris the last three or four years. Jameer uh, is going to be wildly productive like those two. He's just going to do it differently, and that clip shows it all. The first thought I had when I saw that clip was that was so athletic and so crazy that if I had tried that move, Jimmy, you would have blown your Achilles out. Wherever you were, it would have been like the Corsican twins. Like I would have made the move, and you would go, oh, my God, my Achilles. Um, That's okay, so we know about Gibbs, right? What other running backs have we heard about? And um, uh, yeah. Marion Miller. Yeah, a prominent guy in, in reports from, from people that were there was is how good Miller is. And we shouldn't be surprised. Uh, I read those reports and even went back and, and re-watched his huddle tape uh, last night uh, just to remind me of his high school skill set. And uh, I'm really how Miller. How about this? This is what I think, and, and this is just one of those bold bold prediction time, Luke, bold prediction. Uh, four years from now, for when we're looking back on it, four years from now, it will be the consensus opinion that Jamarian Miller was better than uh, Jace McClellan and Roy Dell Williams. And I say that as fans of Jace and Roy Dell, because I think both of them are SEC backs. Both of them are good players. I think Miller is, uh, is probably an upgrade over those two. Wow, that's that's a big statement. Um, yeah, I'm not he's Gibbs. I'm not saying he's Najee. I'm not saying he's a Doug yeah. Walker. I'm just saying, I, you know, ba- based on what we hear, based on that huddle tape, I, want, I mean, I, I I would forecast that for, for Miller. Again, I'm talking about something that we're going to agree about four years from now. He won't burst ahead of them on the depth chart. This fall, I would guess this fall, that Jason Roydell will be ahead of Miller, and that's fine. They're good players. Uh, I just think long-term – uh, that Miller's the best of those three. All right, buddy. On our next podcast, we will continue wrapping up scrimmage as reports keep coming out. Again, it was a closed scrimmage in the sense that I think some Red Elephant Club members were there, but um, we're trying to get reports the best we can with our sources. And uh, so, Jimmy, until tomorrow, we will uh, say roll tide to everybody. So roll tide. Hey, roll tide. And in uh, five days, everybody gets to see it. There you go.